Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome everybody. All right, we're talking about the one thing that will make people completely psychotic, and that is betrayal. You know, uh, human beings need to trust. And and really, uh, trust creates a sense of you don't have to have enormous anxiety. It helps lift your depression. It makes it possible to consistently invest interest and to enjoy other people in your life who you trust. Um, We feel safe with people that we trust. And the fact is, every conflict you will ever have in your life is a trust issue. You can love someone and not trust them. That's possible. But when you trust someone, the love will always grow and grow and grow and grow. And so it's really important to understand that there's people in your life, you may not see them for 10 years, and all of a sudden you see each other, and you just come back together, and everything just continues to, to get better. There, you know, there could be no civilization, no great health no mental wellness without trust. And it's the most uh, ordinary interpersonal, commercial, medical, legal interactions could be impossible without some degree of trust. And, and in contrast, distrust is fraught with anxiety, depression, resentment. Uh, you know, nothing is lonelier in this world than to experience mistrust. You know, intimate betrayal like abuse or infidelity, or deceit, or financial manipulation, it really fractures the ability to trust anyone who gets close to us. And quite frankly, after someone is betrayed by someone who they loved, they have a tendency to grow uh, a calluses about trusting, and they tend to trust situationally, or they tend to always uh, seem to uh, be speculative about people in their life after they've been hurt to that degree. You know, it, it, it fractures the ability to trust anyone who gets close to us after you've been betrayed, including friends, relatives, even your own children. Yet, yet the human need to trust, it persists, and it creates an internal storm of wanting to trust by being completely terrified of the pain that it could offer your life. And most people respond to this internal turmoil in in different ways. Like blind trust puts faith in someone without regard to demonstrated reliability or trustworthiness. It's a more reluctance to experience the doubt, the anxiety, the loneliness of distrust than an endorsement of the other person's better qualities. Also, suspiciousness is is focused on a more the possibility of betrayal, and it keeps us in a state of hypervigilance and, and all but eliminates close connections to other people. Now, wise trust, that's a really cool. It assesses the, pros- the probability of betrayal in recognition that we're all frail creatures capable of betrayal in weaker moments, and realistically, it's possible that any of us could betray a loved one. You know, blind trust denies 
the darker characteristic of our human nature and it, the, the suspiciousness that exaggerates us. And, and so wise trust is an assessment that the probability of betrayal is either high or low or somewhere in between. And, and that's an important thing to understand. It's also understanding how to forgive. And, and you know, forgiveness is such an important thing in our life, and many people don't know how to do it. And the, and the basic functionality of, of, of forgiveness is to not allow the weight of betrayal weigh on your life and to be more resilient and ability to, to fight back and come back to life without torturing everyone else in your life because you've been hurt. So forgiveness is a simple thing. Did the person intend to hurt you or were they being completely selfish? What was their intention? How did they arrive at the decision to betray you? And when they do when you do that, you have to really seriously look at Was it a selfish decision where they didn't consider the possible impact or even denied the possible impact it may have on you? You know, the the basic thing to, to understand about life is it's about wisdom and integrity. And and it's important to really understand that we get these opportunities in life to have an affair, to to do to do something financially uh, manipulative, to be deceitful. To abuse, we have these opportunities in our life. The real thing is, are you going to take advantage of the opportunity or are you going to be wise? And that's what's important because some opportunities are wise, but other opportunities can destroy. And really, the the measurement of the human spirit is based on how wise are you And how much do you value your integrity to make good choices in this life? And if you come from a biblical perspective, quite frankly, that is how God is to measure your life. You know, the slow path to wise trust is compassion for yourself and for others. We are all flawed. And to go through life to not be able to forgive is really silly. And the fact is, we have to accept the fact that we will, to some degree in life, to maybe major degrees, uh, be betrayed. And we may be betrayed simply because we neglected the people in our life that we took responsibility to be with. And it's important when you make a friendship that you don't take it for granted, that you actually nurture your friendships. If you don't have time to make a friend, don't do it. You know, if you don't have time to spend time with your partner, then don't do it. You know, if you're incapable of doing that, why would you torture someone and put them through? Because eventually it's going to end because none of their needs are going to be met if you do not engage. It's important for us to understand that we need to engage whether we fear betrayal or not. We still need to dive in. We still need to vest ourselves and we still need to leave ourselves open to heal from betrayal and not completely take it personal because most of the time when we're betrayed, it's because the other person was completely selfish and took advantage of an opportunity that they probably shouldn't have taken advantage of. You know, the secret of trusting wisely is to forget about trust. Your brain won't let you sustain it as long as you're uh, hurt anyway. So the most uh, defenses are, are unconscious and run almost exclusively on autopilot. In other words, 
you'll be able to trust for a little while, but it, it, it will, in short order, fall apart. And each time that trust falls apart, it becomes harder to rebuild. Well, you know, there is a way to get trust back in your life after you've betrayed someone, after you've hurt someone. And here it is. I need you to have faith in me that I understand how I hurt you. And I'm very sorry. I do not expect you to have trust in me, but I want you to have faith in me. That is a huge, huge ingredient to healing mistrust is asking for the faith of the partner or the other person or the friend. And if they can do that, you eventually, if you're consistent and if you're really truthful and if you're really mean well by what you're saying and your actions are uh, parallel with your words consistently, then what will happen is that trust will heal and it will come back. Genuine trust is not a goal so much as a byproduct of a core value. And the ability to create value and meaning of your life is important, but you have to also be resilient. You have to be able to bounce back from when we make mistakes and we don't think about the people in our life that depend on us. Focus first on self-compassion and then on empathy for other people. And you'll find that trust will sneak up with you and on you and and it will come in its own good time. And you have to be patient with trust because everybody's different. Some people walk around butthurt and never trust anyone. But the thing is, they're deeply lonely, deeply, deeply lonely. And that is a huge motivator for them. It makes their life 10 times harder because they're trying to manage all their relationships with people that they don't trust they, they, they're, they're measuring them and they're trying to see, am I going to be hurt? Instead of just allowing themselves to have the relationship, to have mistakes made, to have things said that, that shouldn't have been said. Most of the time when we say things that are hurtful, we are venting. We, we're, we don't really mean fully what we're saying. What we're trying to do is get negative attention because we don't feel heard. And so we oftentimes say stupid things that we should never have said. And some people will take that as, I don't need to have a relationship with you because you said something that hurt me. That should say a lot about your relationship and that says a lot about the person and their ability to to be trusted and to trust. You know, it's not hard to keep things locked up. You know, it'd be harder to make them uh, leave when they don't have anywhere to go. (laughs) You know, what's really important is Locking things up can be extremely hard and carry an enormous burden on your life. Uh, When you have secrets, secrets play a toll on your guilt and shame. They pay a toll on your soul and they are very hard to keep up because secrets have a tendency to be known by other people, number one. And number two, secrets have a tendency to weigh on us because we're looking at the victim of our secrets in front of us on a continuous basis and that hurts us and it tells us I cannot be my legitimate self because I've done this to my partner or done this to my friend and to live with that is a horrible thing and you also have to understand when you did these things that you've done in your life that may have been bad choices you also have to forgive yourself and that is to truly measure what was your intention and if it was a bad intention It's a really good idea to apologize, 
even if it's this, the relationship is sacrificed and done, it's still important for you to go back and say, I'm sorry, I overstepped, I did something wrong, I didn't consider you, I'm not trying to keep our friendship, I would love to have it, I, I, I wish you could have faith in me, but I just need to make sure you understand that I'm truly sorry for what I did. You know, uh, wise trust can't, can't be expected to return fully until self-compassion and core values have, have grown larger in the fear of being yet hurt again. You know, living in fear is enormously stressful. You know, to go through your life without faith and to live in fear that you're always vulnerable, that something is always going to happen to you, to always be looking down the road for the, the you know, what possibly could happen. It, it, people start to procrastinate. People stop making decisions simply because they live in fear. You either live in faith or you live in fear or you live in both. But you need to choose faith. Because life is a faith-based venture. That means that we take chances on decisions. We take chances on relationships. We take chances on marriage. We take chances buying a car. We take chances going to college. We take chances making friends, having children, taking a job. All these things are leaps of faith. And, and we need to do that across the board to be fully alive. Because if you take leaps of faith, that means you don't phone it in. You have to actually be there for the commitment that you've made. And you have to also be resilient. And if you are, are uh, take leaps of faith and then are judgmental, you're going to be a very negative person in people's life. You know, intimate betrayal most often occurs when people violate their deeper values to gain a temporary sense of empowerment. And, and the way that potential... Uh, person empowers himself when feeling vulnerable is most telling a way to assess the probability of betrayal in a person. So knowing facts about their historical behavior in intimate relationships helps, of course, but it, that's not always possible. Fortunately, there, there are subtle uh, cues and clues that can help assess probability. The, the person who becomes angry, resentful, depressed when feeling vulnerable is more likely to shut down and punish and control and emotionally abuse or seek some kind of temporary ego boost through infidelity or deceit. In contrast, the potential partner who responds to the prospect of vulnerability by uh, trying to improve the situation, appreciate or connect or protect, is far less likely to betray you because they value the relationship. And if they value the relationship, that means they don't take these opportunities and make bad choices with them that will destroy their relationship. There are a lot of people that will self-defeat. And it's unfortunate, but they do that by making choices that they know are going to destroy themselves and destroy relationships. And they quite often don't understand why they do it. But the fact is, is they have no little or no self-esteem. They do not trust themselves. They believe that they eventually will do something bad. And so they basically don't trust themselves and allows them to feel apathy and allows them to have a back door. You know, use uh, uh, some of this information as a, a probability that betrayal of trust will occur in a current relationship. And, and that is uh, uh, when you feel vulnerable, uh, anxious or devalued or rejected or powerless or inadequate or unlovable, 
What is your partner likely to do? What is your friend likely to do? Improve, appreciate, connect, protect, shut down, get angry, deceive, cheat, abuse substances, abuse you. If, if, if it's any of these negative ones, you need to really reassess the fact, can I trust this person? If they're improving or if they're appreciated or if they connect with you or they protect you, that may be a good thing. That may be a good thing. And so you can measure trust based on these kind of factors. The more slowly that trust returns, the better. You know, slow trust is more likely to have a, a, a solid and a, an endurable foundation. And if you want to be patient with yourself, your, your trusting nature is not lost. It's just a little bruised. And so once again, if you think from a biblical perspective, every single person written about in, in, a, in a way to learn from in the Bible was resilient. And that's what we all have to be. We all have to be resilient. You know, those who are worthy of your trust have at least an intuitive understanding uh, of that. And, uh, you know, if you think of uh, the positive attachment emotions like interest and compassion and love, they are unconditional in healthy relationships. But, you know, trust must be earned over time and it ebbs and flows. It's not always going to be there. And it can be emotional mistrust. It can be physical mistrust. It could be mistrust of your schedule, mistrust of time management or respecting other people's lives, mistrust of your ability to parent, mistrust of your financial decisions. It can be any of those in a compartment of that. And if any of these exist, it plagues your life if you're in a relationship. And so, if you're going to pledge yourself to be a friend, a partner, a married person, a father, a mother, what you really have to understand is, I have to be trustable. And that's a big deal. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk more about trust and betrayal. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Listen for Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. Her show topics cover creating lasting transformation in challenging environments and how creating change can have an impact on the success of individuals from a mind, body, and spirit perspective. It's going to be inspiring and uplifting each week. So tune in on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and also listen on the Voice America Business and Influencers Channels. Transformation takes one step at a time. It's time. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. 
You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right. You know, stories of, like, sexual assault, it's, it's like, rampant. We're talking about betrayal. And betrayal goes to the, the raw, most brainstem part of our character. And it means that we're unsafe. And sexual assault, in, in particular, sexual abuse, sexual harassment, it's really come to light over the last few years with the Hollywood producers, radio hosts, politicians, TV hosts, news reporters. We're seeing it all over the place. Actors, um, just all kinds of people who we thought were one way, but it turned out to be another way that they really aren't a good person to work with. They really may be great on screen, but they're not necessarily that great behind the scenes. You know, the chain of events that, that may seem clear for those who have not experienced emotional, physical, or sexual abuse, a betrayal occurs. A victim reports the betrayal, and then the perpetrator is punished. However, these betrayals don't always have justice, and that's unfortunate, but it happens, is that people, when they become a victim of someone, may stuff it. And keep it inside, but the rage boils. The rage will continue to boil. And so they try to, to forgive. Some do, some don't. But when they see an opportunity to strike that person back, that's usually what happens. When people are betrayed, they want vengeance. And so it's really important to understand that that is latently a very predictable part of our character. Something that just stays in us and it's, it, it just simmers in us and sometimes we don't even know where it comes from but the fact is is that once we're betrayed we are scarred and how scarred is really what's important how much power do we want to give to a betrayal do we want to focus on what happened to us and what that person did to us or do we want to forgive them and move on and that doesn't mean we forget that just means that that person was being selfish and not thoughtful um, that they may have lacked integrity, and yes, they're a human being, just like everybody else, flawed. And the fact is, do you want to focus your energy on giving that person more power in your life, or do you want to allow yourself to focus on your future? And the truth is, when people say horrible things about us, the real true answer in our soul, and I mean deep in our soul, should be, is that so? Because is that so means that we're allowed to have our perceptions. Everyone is allowed to have their perceptions. Whether you agree with them or not, you allow them to have their perception. And you validate it. Is that so? Yes, it's so. You're this, 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 this. Okay, fine. That's fine. And oftentimes what's interesting is betrayal begets betrayal. When we have people in our life that have betrayed us, there's a tendency to want to get them back and betray them so they can get a taste of their own medicine. And that, of course, is another childish part of our human character. 
You know, just because someone jumps off a cliff doesn't mean you need to jump off with them because you're hurt. No. You want to stand at the cliff and say, you know, that was really a silly thing to do. I'm sorry you did that. I'll go get some help for you or I'll throw you a rope. And that's called empathy. To empathize with people who betray you is called wisdom. You know, when, when we're empowered, an individual can be more easily recognize the, the, the traits and respond by either confronting or withdrawing from a perpetrator. In addition to abuse, there's a second level of trauma for a victim as, as it is a, a person they depend on for survival who's violated their trust and their well-being. And, and this, this second late uh, uh, is betrayal trauma. Because a, a, a child depends on their caregiver, confronting or withdrawing from this person threatens the, ne- the necessary relationship. And so we as uh, children, as, as babies, are crying to test our parents to see if they're going to even pay attention to our needs. And it's important to really understand that that's what children are looking for in their parents is, am I safe with this person? And so... You know, if you're a person that doesn't engage and you have a hard time having a relationship with your baby, there's going to be problems of that child understanding that they're not safe, that their needs may not be met uh, with this person who they have to depend on until they're 18. They understand that they, they can get none of their needs met without you there. And so when we teach a child that, they will go into life with a sense of mistrust in human beings, and they will carry that into almost every single relationship they ever have. That first year of life is ginormously important to our ability to be resilient as human beings. You know, like individuals, you know, institutions and and those that that represent them, like uh, legal people, can provoke a betrayal trauma. For example, uh, if, 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 if we, you know, are dependent on a person like a professor to do what they say they're going to do in, in, in grading something or if we're going to trust them to read our paper and feel like that, that, that uh, we're going to get a good grade from them and they don't do that, we have a tendency to, to ban them from our life or, or feel extremely uh, uh, volatile towards that person. Well, you know, what if you went back to the professor and said, thank you for, you know, what you said about my paper. You obviously took time and cared about it. I'd like to get more about, learn more about your perspective so I can understand how I can learn from this experience. You know, uh, if you, you know, like, like I have, I've written a book and let me tell you something to go through editing is painful, painfully realistic about how lack of skills, uh, how much lack of skills uh, that I had as a writer. You know, without my editor, I don't think I would have had a product published. But the fact is, is that that editor was making me better and better and better by embracing what they were saying, by embracing their questions, by embracing their thought patterns, by embracing uh, their, their objectiveness. That's important for us to be humble. And sometimes when we're criticized, uh, it's important for us to take that and understand it. And the biggest deal is to measure it based on its intention. If we think everybody that we feel betrayed by is ill-intended, sometimes they're not. They're just trying to help us, and they may say things to us that hurt, 
But if we really look at what they're trying to do, uh, we may find that we have the heart to forgive them, number one, and the heart to understand that that really isn't betrayal, isn't the proper reaction. It should be more of empathy and concern and compassion for that person for actually stepping over the possibility of betraying us and confronting us with something that we may be doing that's unhealthy or we don't see. You know, it's it's really uh, uh, important uh, for 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 courage to happen in our life. You know, we need to really do some things that a lot of people don't like to do, uh, which is first of all, bear witness and be accountable and apologize for the things that we do. There's so many people that do not take responsibility for how people respond to them. Also, engage in self study understanding what your fears are. And instead of having fear, say, I have faith that and live in that part of your life and make sure, you know, uh, 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 that you are committed uh, to resources to to help you and also to be transparent about uh, your information and about your what you're doing and where you're going so that your partner can trust you. Be, you know, be very engaged and transparent about every little detail of your life. Also, um, you really want to respond well to people in your life that have been victimized, but also help them, help them take some sense of building on their life and not letting a traumatic event or a betrayal uh, dictate who they are or how they're going to respond to the rest of their life because all they're doing is giving power to the person who betrayed them. You know, betrayal trauma makes you feel like you're losing uh, your mind and it puts you on an emotional rack and it puts you in the opposite directions until you are begging for mercy. It yanks at your sense of security out from under you and, and it, it puts you in a, in a state of emotional freefall. And it's really emotionally distressing. And until you've experienced it, you really can't imagine how truly life-altering the experience can be because once you're betrayed, you feel like you're flying from a building with no net. You know, And if that's not enough, when betrayal occurs, your brain begins to operate in an entirely different way and it reforms itself. Uh, you know, the fear center fires up and it stays fired up and that's in your brain stem, fight or flight. And then creating hypervigilance, uh, restlessness, anxiety, a lot of cortisol goes, goes out there. Uh, so we're storing fat uh, to survive and a sense of being perpetually on guard. And this alters your ability to regulate your mood, to calm yourself, to think, to reason, to make intelligent decisions. And so your fear center hijacks your normal functioning because it thinks you have to survive. And the rest of it, you're not going to be able to do. You're not going to be able to re uh, read a book while you're running from the woolly mammoth. You know, you have to find yourself in a world where every task feels challenging and your mind will not stop racing. Your emotions feel out of control, especially if it's unresolved betrayal, meaning you don't know what you're going to do with this betrayal. Are you going to divorce them or are you going to stay with them? And if you do, are you betraying yourself and the deal that you made with yourself when you said you would divorce someone if they ever had an affair? You know, what do you do? What do you do? Because you're resorting your entire life. And your coping skills are stretched to the limit when you go through betrayal. And this is an experience of complex, dynamic, multidimensional betrayal. But you cannot uh, step aside and say betrayal also is 
trauma. You know, to truly understand the experience, it's important that we take some time to examine the terminology that we're using. But really, it's important to really step back and try to understand how much power do I want to give events that I cannot control? How much power do I want to give to events where someone else perceived me in a light that I did not agree with? You know, it's really important for us to to give respect to people in life who have a different perspective and make decisions on that perspective. We cannot control what other people think. But it's also really important to heal from betrayal and to learn from it and not have scar tissue after scar tissue after scar tissue where everyone else in the future of our life pays a price for the betrayal that we experienced from someone else. And so there's this, this uh, you know, there's a complex trauma that can take place uh, from this and it, if and it becomes relational and it weaves itself repeatedly into your relationships. It's most often associated with children who experience various types of relational and repeated violations during their developmental moments. How also, you know, it can also be applied to to cumulative adversities experienced by cultures, you know, people groups, communities, and it can be applied to adults who have experienced chronic. A relational trauma, for instance, ongoing sexual and emotional betrayal that destroys the foundation of trust in a primary relationship. And so it's it's important to, to really come to grips with the reality, the reality. You know, the stress reactions are, are enormous uh, resulting from this. And the, these symptoms fall into to some broad categories, basically emotional dysregulation, uh, relational c- disconnection when people are man when people are married and don't trust each other there is this huge dysregulation you cannot get back to your normal self you can't feel safe all your relationships in life are strained your situation is unsolvable and it's scary but it's not unsolvable if you seek help. And that's what therapists do. That's what we all do in this world of psychology when we're doing counseling is try to help people who are in this state of mind and try to get some regulation, try to get some connection back. You know, oftentimes a betrayal is a symptom of a much greater problem. And really what we want to understand is what is the greater problem? Because if we, if we solve the greater problem, we eliminate possibly the symptom unless that behavior of entitlement continues. And if it does, then that means it's time to leave that relationship. It's just the way it goes. You know, you know if information slams you and your body gets hot and adrenaline fills you like a million lightning bolts, you know, firing all at once and your hands shake and your knees cave and your heart starts to race. Your mind's like a, like a skipping record, uh, racing and jumping, the thoughts coming too fast and even thinking them flying by like a kaleidoscope. Sometimes people even black out or can't even see because they're so traumatized by betrayal. That's what happens when we feel that way. There's all kinds of uh, 
stuff that's mixed together and your body gets cold and the shaking is in your limbs and your heart shows you know a deep brick-like dread fills your stomach and and your chest fears come and more tears than you've had any idea or a person could cry but that's what happens to us when we're traumatized by betrayal and 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 people take that for granted but you really need to understand if if you're going to have committed relationships in your life you really have to put the other people first in your life when you're making choices that impact them. Do you really want to put them in a state of betrayal? And how can that person come back from all of that trauma and come back into a relationship of trust with you? That's a big deal because they don't want to have that weight in their stomach. They don't want to have that dread. They don't want to have their heart racing. They don't want to feel cold and they don't want to have to make a choice that they never thought they were going to have to make. This is what you're putting people through when you make stupid decisions. Be wise, folks. Be wise. Value your integrity. You know, the body, your health, your your health, uh, when, when infidelity occurs, betrayed partners enter a state of prolonged emotional threat and danger. It's like going to war where everyone else has a gun and you don't. You know, the initial discovery of betrayal is enough to cause your body to immediately ramp up its threat response system. And then we start to look at our social system. Oh my gosh, what's my mom going to say? What's my dad going to say? What's my sister going to say? What's my brother going to say? What are my friends going to tell me when they know that I've stayed with or gone away from and divorced this person? What does it say about me when someone I'm with betrays me, when someone that says they love me betrays me, that's a resorting of our ego. And it's enormous abuse of our ego. And it's hard for us to be resilient. But what's important to understand is we have to be, again, to devalue the person who betrayed us, empathize, in a sense, with their human character, their human flaws, and be careful who we share betrayal information with in order for us to become more resilient. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Do you wish you could avoid having difficult conversations with your kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe? Do you struggle with what and how much to say? You're not alone. Tune into Holistic Sex Ed Radio with host Robin LaCrosse for a fresh new perspective on sex education that goes beyond the birds and the bees. We gather together every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for conversations designed to improve your relationships, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about betrayal. You know, betrayal in childhood, that's a, that's a big deal. You know, when we're betrayed in childhood, we are so vulnerable. If our, our uh, parent chooses to marry someone else and you have a step-parent and then gives them the power to parent you, that person doesn't love you. That person doesn't necessarily trust you. That person doesn't know your needs and wants. That person hasn't got that investment in you as a person. And so basically what happens is a lot of people get abused. Or what I would often say is people that are either breeding stock or their parents. And uh, most people are one or the other are breeding stock, quite frankly. They have children for their own selfish benefits or as an aftermath of something they they've uh, didn't really think about. And, and so basically what happens is children come in the world and then they're abused, neglected, their needs are not met, and, and they are, are deprived. And a lot of these kids end up in foster care and group homes or they end up in a abusive, secretive family. And then they learn betrayal over and over and over in their childhood. And they live it. And it becomes their character and it becomes their most raw emotion and every decision they make when they grow up in a family where betrayal is a part of it and in life where betrayal has been a part of it, they choose to either make decisions or avoid conflict. And, and what basically happens is betrayal is the huge and trust are the huge measuring stick that they go through their life with. And that is the scar that they always feel unsafe in life because the people that were supposed to love them the most didn't. And that is what carries a theme in their life until hopefully they have a, a, a catharsis or, or a moment of clarity or come to therapy and work through it that they have to understand that these parents are people and you have to look at them as a person they are rather than mom and dad. The label of mom and dad comes with so much emotional baggage. Strip it back and call them their name and look at them as a person and how they've conducted their life. It may not be something you're proud of, but it helps give you a measuring stick on how limited those people were in raising you. Maybe they had good intentions, but they really didn't do such a great job in some departments. You know, it's really important to understand that the, the family environment, feel when it feels unsafe and threatening or even hostile, there's no means of escape for a child. No means. And so they're vulnerable 
to developing signs and symptoms of complex trauma where they have no coping skill or ability to defend themselves. And for the child who's the scapegoat in a dysfunctional family, the, the, the dilemma is particularly acute in their brain. Instead of feeling loved, supported, accepted, and valued, cared about, they're often actively and openly rejected, shamed, blamed, betrayed by their own parents or primary caregiver. And they're aggressively and overtly attacked by those they most rely on to survive. And, and kids who experience betrayal trauma in their family of origin may struggle for and form a deep, intimate relationships due to the ability to, for, to form uh, healthy relationships. And so what happens is a lot of them will pick relationships and friendships and decisions to escape their family rather than uh, nurture their and transition into their adult life with their parents. You know, each adult survival of betrayal will find that their journey of healing is unique and, and, and they may share it with some other people, but ideally it's unique to them. And that's why can be, therapy can be so important in your life to help you get outside of it and disidentify from all these things that we've been labeled with. Now, healing is a huge thing. You know, people that are uh, betrayed uh, desperately seek safety. Nearly every person who experiences the trauma of sexual betrayal goes through a period of wanting to ask the betrayer a long list of questions about where, when, and how the betrayal took place. And if you're a betrayed partner, you're likely to ask things like, uh, were there other affairs? Did you love that person? When were you getting all those phone calls and I asked you, about, was that your affair? You know, how did you do this to me? How did you decide that this was okay? You know, this need to ask question after question can leave you, the betrayer, feeling out of control, emotionally unstable, just plain furious. And this can shut down your partner and detour positive progress you both have made in the healing process. These questions are necessary. They're trying to trust you. Answer the freaking questions. You know, so many clients, uh, you know, ask me, well, why they ask these painful questions, and some uh, call this behavior pain uh, shopping or emotionally cutting. However, these questions are simply a matter of uh, uh, a betrayed partner desperately seeking safety. The betrayed partner has been lied to for a long time and has and and has dismissed their instincts, and now they have to decide. I made this deal that I would not be with a person that would do this. Am I going to stay in this? And what does that say about me? And does that give them permission to continue to do this kind of behavior? There is a lot of self-speculation that a person goes through once they've been betrayed on that level. Whether you're repairing your relationship with your partner or, or you're on a new path without them, you know, the road to healing can be long. And on average, it takes anywhere from 18 months to three years to recover from betrayal. And, and that's with help and support, by the way. And, and so, there, you know, there's several steps you need to take to move on in a healthy way. And that is to, number one, recognize that the betrayal is trauma. It is trauma. And, and then you might want to work with a professional to find healthy coping skills and outlets for, you know, the painful emotions that, that flow from it. You know, don't do numb, ignore, distract, project your own emotions on others. Your emotions need to be acknowledged and worked through. 
You also want to understand that because you've experienced a form of trauma, you may also experience symptoms similar to PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. So visual and other environmental triggers may really send you back to an unpleasant memory or, or, or an experience related to when that trauma occurred. Um, there was the, the discovery, the fallout, the memory of when you uh, realized that a person was lying to you. And when this happens, it's important for you to realize that you are taking your mind, body, and emotional response back to the moment of trauma, and you will trigger a fight-or-flight emotion response to your body. So it's important for you and your partner, if they're still around, to learn grounding techniques to help you remember that you're experiencing a memory of trauma and not the actual trauma, and that you, you, you're you working towards healing and rebuilding safety, and you're doing what you know how to do to do that. If you and your partner are working together to heal from trauma, from betrayal, it's extremely beneficial to seek professional help. Experiencing betrayal can cause extreme emotional flooding, making self-regulation difficult, and what you say and what you do can be very bad because you're in a survival mode. You know, many people can re- recover from this with professional help and without it. But but it's really important to get back to the idea that if you want to heal betrayal, and it goes back to the beginning segment, I need you to have faith in me. I need you to have faith in me that I won't do this again and that I've learned how much it can hurt you. That is the bridge to trust. When the person gets to the trust depends on how consistent you are as a betrayer and how legitimately serious you empathize with what your partner has gone through. If you're just going through the motions, that's not going to help things. You know, those that are willing to put a great deal of work can create opportunities to heal together and actually grow from a negative experience. Believe it or not, we are able to grow from betrayal. If we grow through it, we may go stronger because we have more respect for our relationship. I'm not saying we should go out there and betray our partners and then try to see if we can heal. That's not a game you want to play. But if you're in that situation, it's more important how you respond than what happened. You know, growing levels of empathy and sympathy and intimacy, that may happen and it may get better. However, some betrayed people find trauma they experience to be stronger than their desire to stay in the relationship. And that can be healthy, too. You know, growth and healing can arise from that path. If you have a narcissistic partner who doesn't care about anybody but themselves, it's probably healthy. You're not with that person anymore and that that betrayal happened. It's probably a gift to you to understand that uh, maybe it's time to move on and find out who am I after the aftermath of this person in my life. You know, Cahil uh, Gibran said, and he was a great author, a great poet, I would say, uh, doubt is a pain too lonely to know that faith in his twin brother. Faith is in his twin brother. You know, faith is where we all want to land as people. And that's what helps us become resilient. You know, if you look back at the words of what he said, is the truth that we can sway between unshakable faith and extreme doubt in mere seconds. And that is our potential as human beings. But however, if we're going to have doubt and fear, 
we also need to look at faith at the same time. You know, the betrayal leaves us at a fork in the road. We can choose to act in ways that either favor or, or impede our growth. You know, first of all, if we're going to heal, we want to erase the imprints of betrayal. The wounds of betrayal can be so submerged in our subconscious that we might be difficult to get out. But meditation can help us understand what we're thinking. We become more mindful and reach out to the root of the former deception and put it in place. Put it in its place. Don't look at the aftermath. Look at the intention. Look at the person. And then you might begin to understand where it all came from and stop taking betrayal so personal. Betrayal says a lot about the other person and not a lot about you. It says a lot about that other person. Also, forgiveness. You know, forgiveness doesn't mean accepting the wrong behavior. It means detaching from the pain and the frustration and the bitterness buried within you. Forgiveness breaks uh, uh, free like, like a ship leaving a dock, you know, life is our open sea. And when, when we pardon the past, as long as our harbor, uh, we don't harbor the hatred everywhere we go and the anger against others and the personal progress is stifled, we want to strive to forgive a person a day in our life who's betrayed us. That means we look at their intentions and we look at the person. You also want to start faith slowly. Your faith wasn't damaged in one day, so it can't be rebuilt in a short time. You know, like a puzzle, you have to start piecing your faith back slowly. At first, you might find it hard to trust someone, but slowly and surely, you'll redevelop a sense of confidence and a goodwill of others, and you will have to do that and be willing to rediscover your faith. And we do that through life on an ongoing basis. It's a never-ending process. Of, of allowing ourselves to have faith. If you have faith in yourself and you have faith in others, you're giving yourself a gift. You know, if there's people that just aren't worthy of your trust, detach from them. Get rid of them. If you want to heal, you know, leave it. Also, don't betray. Don't seek vengeance. It's important for you to, to not and just forget it. Whether you've been betrayed or not, don't resort to betraying uh, betraying another person. Because now you're taking what they did and you're, you're duplicating that into your life. Envision a future. If you want to heal, envision a future free of betrayal. Free. You know, it's okay to daydream. You know, envision what you would be like if you were free of betrayal and you didn't allow it to have power in your life. You also want to take a leap of faith, and that means start making decisions where you don't know what the outcomes are be, and they're dependent on other people. Because what you're going to find is different people have different degrees of integrity, and that will reaffirm your faith. You know, trust people in your life that are worthy of trust, you know, and have a faith that they act with respect and genuine good intentions. All right, that's our show. You know, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. You know, I'd love to hear from you. You can do that through our webpage, voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now, remember, life becomes easier when you accept the apology you never got. (laughs) Also, run like there's a hot person in front of you and a creepy one behind you. That's how we should live our life. (laughs) And also, this is a big one. Never trust anyone whose TV is bigger than their bookshelf.
Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. you.